Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. All right. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Samuel. And that cute thing that was just up here, she and I just have the absolute honor of leading here at Life West. And it, it is, it is so much fun. And today, we're going to wrap up our series called Pray. We've been talking about prayer. Uh, but before we do, she was talking about the, the small group. If you have any interest or like an inclination of, may, you know, I might want to do one, please be sure you join us for that. It's going to be fun. So if you're like, oh, what would it be like? And is it going to be fun? If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Uh, by all means, but really, here's what we want to help you to do, is to take the things you're already doing, not add something else to your plate, but take the things that you love and you enjoy and leverage them for the kingdom of God. Whether it's going to coffee, like, well, I go all the time, maybe it's a running group, whatever it is, or for you, you're like, it's going to be a deep study group, this is just what I'm really wanting, definitely do that, but to leverage that and to use that for the kingdom of God, because it is great to do the things that we're good at and the things that we enjoy, but it's takes it to a whole nother level when we use those things to build the kingdom of God. It's so much more fun. And that's really what we want for every one of you. But we're going to talk about prayer, and we're wrapping up prayer this morning. And our hope is, my hope is, that at the end of this, that you would see, that you would know, notice a difference in your prayer life. You'd say, my prayers are more powerful, more fun, and more effective than they have been before. And that's really our desire for you. Because Bible study is great. But we need prayer. And prayer does things that Bible study does not do, and Bible study does things that prayer does not do. I think of it kind of like food and air. Like, I like food. Anybody else like food? I'm the only one. Wow. In the back row, the way back row. PJ's like, eh, he's got both hands up. Everybody else is like, it's a trick question. Like, don't do it. I don't do trick questions, okay? Like, because then you do stuff like that where you don't raise your hands. We like food. I like, I like food. Okay, somebody brought no-bakes this morning. That's just wrong. I wanted to take the whole plate. And I actually took and hid one. I'm like, what is for afterwards? Otherwise, it'll be everywhere. And you're like, what's wrong with his teeth? No, no, that's not what's wrong with them. It was mountain biking. No. But um, I'm so glad that Becca explained that. I was sitting down in front. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had bruises getting better. She fell mountain biking. If anybody would have bruises, she'd beat me up. But anyways. But prayer does things that Bible study does not. You can eat, that's great, but you still need air. And if you just eat and you don't breathe, you're going to die. You probably already knew that. And the same thing, if you, ha you can breathe and you have air, but you're not eating, you'll still die. You'll be skinny, but you'll, you'll die. And prayer is something that needs to be a part of every believer's daily routine. You know, we all have routines. Even us, oh, those of us who hate routines, we have routines. Like, I like to shower. I love shower. Being clean is like, like, I have to. Like, I have to shower before I go to bed. And then I get in, and it's clean. And then there's those times where you're like, you know, I showered like two hours ago, so do I really need to shower again? And I'll go, and I'll get in bed, and you lay there, and you're like, I think I'm okay. And you're like, no, no, I'm not. Then you have to get up and get out, and then you have to take another shower, and now you have to clean, and, and now you have to put on new sheets because you're dirty and you were in the sheets, and now that messed that up, so you have to put the new sheets on for the shower, and then you can, like, we, we have routines. We all have some sort of routine. Maybe you, you wake up in the morning, and you're like, I go, you, you eat right away, or you don't eat, or you're like, it takes, you know, you hit, you hit the snooze five times. It's just like, I know, it's just what I always do. 
And I don't understand that, because why not set it once and sleep better until then? Anyways, but we, we have these routines, and a part of every believer's daily routine needs to be prayer. Prayer and Bible should be a part of every one of them, but they're mutually exclusive. They accomplish different things, and there's certain things we will not be able to do, we will not hear, we will not know, unless we're actually doing both. We've been talking about prayer. I really encourage you, go back to the podcast, wherever you get those, and listen to those last few that we've had next week. We'll be on to something different. Pastor Dwayne from Res Life is going to be here next week. That's going to be fun. I call him dad, but then you might not know who that is. And I'm really, really excited to have him here next week. But we're talking about prayer and what we need. Prayer is incredibly important. Luke says this about Jesus in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says that Jesus often withdrew to pray. As you're reading through the Gospels, you see he wakes up in the morning before everybody else, and then he goes out off alone to pray. This is something that Jesus did often. He was our example. If he needed this, how much more do I need to have prayer be just a part of my daily routine. Several years ago, I was working in the shop. We have a garage. It's just my workshop. So I was in there. I was working around, getting some stuff done. And, and I just had this check in my spirit. I was just like, you know, I, I think I need to pray. And so I stopped, and, and I'm like, okay, I'll pray. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, God, I thank you for my family, that you're giving wisdom and, and direction. I thank you for safety, for, for the kids, and, and, and for Becca, and everything that's going on, in Jesus' name, amen. And then I go back to work. I'm task-oriented. I don't know what you are, but I'm like, I, I get locked into tasks. It's like, don't bother me, like, this is what I'm doing. And I have to, like, really try not to. I'm like, I'm going to get things done. And that's what I was doing. I'm like, I am on this. So I'm back into my task, and I'm getting this going. But I have that same thing is still there, and I'm like, I, I need to pray. So I'm like, okay, I need, something, we need to pray about something. So I, I pray again. And I'm like, and I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I already prayed for my family. I'm like, that's covered. And I'm like, and my parents, and, 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 and the missionaries that we support, and missionaries that I met, and missionaries in the country, and, and I'm just like, and I'm praying for just, just everything I can think of to pray for. Well, this happens four times where I would pray, and I'd be like, okay, I prayed, and I go back to work. And then I'm like, you know, I, I think I still need to pray. And the fourth time it happens, I'm like, I've prayed for everything. Like, there's not, I don't know any, any rock that's under, like, I prayed for everything. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, wait, actually I do. And I prayed in, in what I will refer to as a prayer language. And I prayed, and it wasn't long, maybe three, four minutes. And at the end of that, I stopped, and I'm like, I think that was it. I, I just didn't have that you need to pray feeling anymore, like a check in my spirit, because I had no clue what, what I needed to pray for. I was like, well, that's it. So I get back to work. I'm like, all right, good. And I'm cutting and sawing and sawdust is flying. It's, it's all great. I'm having a good old time. And probably about, I know it wasn't three hours later, I get a phone call from Becca. And she says, I'm at the urgent care center with Avery. And the first thing that like jumped, well, actually the very, very, very first thought is, why didn't you call me before you went there? Like, what is going on? But then the next thought, which was like, like, oh no. And honestly, like that oh no thought tried to just like come into my mind 
and in and just like it got slammed so fast with this is what I was praying for and everything's going to be okay. It's already taken care of. It's like it is already taken care of. And, and I just had that. So I go down and uh, go to the urgent care center and Becca's there and Avery's there and I come in and, and what had happened is she had been at her grandma's house and had gone inside and up on the counter was this brown bottle and it kind of like goes up and it's got this one and it looks a lot like, uh, it was dark, it looks a lot like Hershey's syrup but it was actually rust stain remover and it's got something called hydrofluoric acid in it and uh, it, it's really, really not nice stuff. And grandma had come in the house and Avery, who was quite a bit younger at the time, couldn't read. And so she had just taken it and was like, Hershey's syrup. And when grandma came in, Avery was going, blah, blah, spitting it out, going, this tastes bad. So we called the poison control and they're like, what was in it? And the hydrofluoric acid, they're like, get her to the emergency room right away. They run her down. We get there. We get to urgent care. I get down to urgent care. And, and they're talking about they need to transfer her downtown. Uh, they're like hydrofluoric acid. They're like, basically what happens is, is if you get it on your skin, and the doctors, the, they were explaining, they're like, grown men will get this on their skin, not realize it, and they're like, that's the thing, is it doesn't show up. But a few hours later, it's actually penetrated your skin muscle and is down to the bone, and your bone's on fire. And he's like, grown men are screaming. And that's what your daughter drank. And I'm just like, okay. And I talked with Becca and I said, hey, um, earlier today, I had this thing where I knew I needed to pray. And this is already taken care of. We already took care of it, so we can pray again. But I know this is already, she is going to be just fine. This is already taken care of. And Becca, she goes, I had the same thing. And, and I, I, yeah, I, I know this. She, she's going to be okay. I have that peace. You know, when the Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding, it's that piece that the circumstances are like, we should just be like, oh no. But we did not have that at all. Really long story short, we end up downtown and doctors and talking to them and stuff and, and we end up checking ourselves out. And uh, we take her home and the doctors are like, you know, she's going to wake up screaming and this is what's going to happen. I said, well, if she does, we'll come back. But I knew she wouldn't. So the next morning, I get a call from poison control. Somehow they got our number. We called them. They're tracking us. They're following. I'm so serious. Anyways, they called us. I'm like, I thought I called you, but they called. They called. And they're like, how is your daughter? I'm like, she's asleep. And they're like, well, what does her mouth look like? So I went and we got Avery. I remember I put her up on the counter and she stuck out her tongue. And I said, what, what, what does her mouth look like? What does her tongue look like? And I'm like, it looks normal. There's like little taste buds. Like she's pink. Like it's, it's good. And poison control on the other end of the line said this. That's good. Then she didn't actually drink any. Have a good day. And hung up the phone. And I'm like, good. Sounds good. <laughs> you can call it that. Grandma watched her spit it out talking about how she tastes or how the, uh, the stuff tasted, the taste in her mouth. And I just thought, how good is God? So we were able to take care of something spiritually before I even knew what it was. And we're talking about prayer today, and specifically, we're going to talk about praying and using our prayer language. And maybe this is a completely new concept to you, and if so, I want to encourage you, we've got some of these books in the back, and it's called The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. 
And as we talk about prayer language and the Holy Spirit, if this is something new to you, there's far more to this than I can cover in the next five hours that we're going to be in here together. Um, there's so much more than I can cover in the next 20 minutes. So here's what we had. There's some books out back. Please go grab one of these at the table back here. If you're like, hey, I'd like some more info, I want to know more, grab one of these. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's really, really good. But when we're talking about, and when I said prayer language, we're going to read here what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray but the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groans that words cannot express. We're talking about the Holy Spirit helping us to pray or giving us a prayer language. Now, when I say the Holy Spirit, if that's new to you, we believe in the Trinity, that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When you look in the Bible and Jesus was being baptized, it said that God spoke from heaven, Jesus was being baptized, and the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. Father, the Son, or Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we believe in Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now in Acts 19, we have an account of somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what it is. Acts 19, verse 1, when Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. He found some followers of Jesus. We would say it this way. He found some other Christians. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, let me just say, if it just happened, that would be a silly question to ask. But he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. They're like, no. No clue. So Paul asked them, what, did, what baptism did you receive? And they said, you know, we were baptized under, under John's baptism for repentance. Because when you're baptized, you're baptized, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So he's like, how did you not even hear about the Holy Ghost? This is what he's asking. And then verse 6, verse 5, he says, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. That tongue's there. It literally is a prayer language. It's a prayer language that when we ask for the Holy Spirit, we have access to. When I say ask for, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, Luke eleven thirteen, talking about the Holy Spirit, says this, if then, though you are evil, talking about us, Jesus was asking, and he said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you're, gonna get, you're not going to get a demon. His, his disciples are like, well, I don't, what are we opening ourselves up to? And this is what he said. He said, you know how to give. You're evil. And as men, you know how to give good gifts. He says, but how to give good gifts? You know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? To those who ask him. This is something that we ask for. This is something that we ask for. Those who ask him, that is underlined in my Bible. It is highlighted in my Bible. This is something, if you are saved, then yes, there's a work of the Holy Spirit that happened then. But if you want the dwelling of the Holy Spirit, then we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that comes as a result of that is that prayer language. 
Like it said that what Paul said when he laid hands on him, that he spoke in tongues, he used a prayer language, and he prophesied. And one of those things that happens as a result is the ability to use a prayer and have a prayer language. Have a prayer language. And that's what we're talking about today is using that prayer language. Because here's one of the things that it does. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says this, for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men. If they're using their prayer language, they're not speaking to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Verse 14 says, for if I pray in a tongue or in a prayer language, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. My mind is unfruitful. It says, my spirit prays. You were made in God's image. God is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And when it talks about praying in tongues, it says it's our spirit praying. It's our spirit inside of us praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the return of our Lord. You were made in God's image. And in fact, when you die, the real you is going to leave this body. The little glove, the little thing you're in right now, and you're going to be carried to heaven. The real you. And it's talking about prayer. So when we talk about praying in, a, in our prayer language, that's what I'm talking about, about using that gift, that ability that God gave us. Now, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, he left his disciples. And this is what he told him. He told his disciples this. He says, it is better for you if I go. Now, when Jesus says it's better if he leaves, I think that's a big deal. And then he says this. He goes, because if I go, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit. The and then he told his disciples, he says, you wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. He says, it's so important, you wait there. Don't do anything until you have the Holy Spirit. He says, this is for you. It was so important that Jesus told his disciples, you go and you wait for this. Don't do anything else. And as a result, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he will give it. How do we know we have it? Because we ask. And then one of the things that happens as a result, you know, we, we look at the disciples, and you, you look at Peter before and Peter afterwards. Peter, before he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Roman soldiers come, and they take, all the disciples are there, and they take Jesus away. And Peter kind of follows at a distance, Right? And he follows, and he's kind of there. He's out in the outer courtyard, and there's a little fire, and he's out there warming himself, and like Jesus is in being questioned. And some people come up, and they're like, hey, weren't you with Jesus? And he's like, no. Who, me? That guy? I don't know. No, never seen him. No, no, not all. No, nope. Wrong guy. And so he kind of moves over, and he goes a little somewhere else, and he's kind of like warming himself by another fire or something like that. And this time it says a little servant girl comes over and is like, no, I'm pretty sure you were with Jesus. And he's like, oh, well, me? No, no, I wasn't. And this time he calls down curses and basically starts swearing. He's like, I've never seen the man. 
because a little girl asked him. And then we see him afterwards. On that day, on that day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, then we see him, and the Bible says that he jumped up in front of a huge crowd. And he's like, we're not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was written by the prophet Isaiah. This is what has been happening. He said, your sons, your daughters, proud of this is what's going to happen. And he starts getting up and in front of absolutely everybody, jumping up and just explaining exactly what's going on. Please, when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, please understand this is not just about a prayer language, but it is empower, as Jesus said, you will be given power from on high. It gave Paul a boldness that he did not have before. Before the little girl talks and he's like, no, now he's standing in front of a huge crowd and he jumps up in front of all of them and says, nope, you're wrong. This is not what it was. And he wasn't even bashful about it. He's like, Jesus, who you killed, who you crucified, he's the one who did this. And yeah, he was raised from the dead. And he just throws it right in their face. He wasn't like, you know, they killed him. He's like, no, this is what was going on. He jumps up and goes at it. So when we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, there's more to it, again, than just a prayer language, but a huge part of it and an amazing tool that we have is the prayer language that we're given when we ask for and are filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.4, he who speaks in a tongue uses, using that prayer language edifies himself. That edify, that word, literally means to build up. We know how to like work out and build up our bodies. We know what we can do. There's things that we can do. All those no-bake cookies, I know what they're going to do to my body. And the way that we build our spirit, one of those ways is by using a prayer language and praying in the spirit. It connects us to God and it builds up our spirit. Jude 20, Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, praying with that prayer language that we are given. It is something that should be a part of our everyday. For me, it's the first thing I do every day before I open my eyes. Like, I wake up, and I'm like, okay, and I begin to pray. And I just pray in tongues. I use my prayer language. And Paul says it's not something that man understands, but it's our spirit talking to God. Because I don't know what the day's going to bring. I've got my schedule, but who knows what's actually going to happen. And so I just begin right away with that. But it needs to be a part of our daily routine using this. It builds us up. It guides us. The, Holy, the Spirit wants to guide us in truth. John 16 Verse 13 says, but when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to my name by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. This is what he wants to do. This is what the Holy Spirit is there for. But who is this for, right? Like, well, who, who, who is this like Holy Spirit thing? Is this like for the Navy SEAL Christians? Like those really crazy ones? Like that, that's who that's for. And this, this really isn't for me. No. Mark 16, 17 says this. It says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Okay, so who's this, who, who's this for? Those who believe. 
And that belief thing is like, if you believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again, if he is your Savior, then this is for you. So turn to the person next to you and say, this is for you. All right, turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm pretty sure it's for you. Okay, but the truth is, it's for all of you. Every single one of you. It's for you, 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 There's not that many of you. Just hold on. You, 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 in the back. You, 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 you're hiding behind them. I say, you, 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 you. Every one of you, all of you. Now you, now you feel bad. I say, okay, you, 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 there's not a junior Holy Spirit, your kid's in the back, every one of you. This is for you. This is the sign that will follow those who believe. He says, in my name they will drive out demons and they will speak in tongues. This is not something that's special. And know this, there's not classifications or degrees of salvation. It's one salvation. The Bible calls it this, the common salvation that's given to all. It's the same for every single one of you. I didn't get something that you didn't get, that they got something different. There's different gifts, but salvation is the same. And this right here, he says, is a part of that common salvation. He says, this is what should follow those who believe. They will drive out demons, talking about the authority that we have in Jesus' name when we become sons and daughters. We have the right to use the name of Jesus. And he says, and they will speak in new tongues. He says, I will give them a prayer language. That is something that he gives to every single one of you. Say, that's for me. It's available for you. You might not walk in it. You might not use it. But it is available to you. It's available. And man, I think one of the worst things ever is when we do not use what was given to us. I like giving gifts. I just do. I think it's fun. But there's like a little caveat. I don't want to give you what you want. I want to give you what I want to give you, and I want you to want it. Like, like and you will. Like, if I give you, so you'll probably, I'm not going to just like, oh, you should like this shirt and give it to you. Like, it's not even my size. Like, no, I'm not talking about stuff like that. But one time we had some we had some friends who were getting married and they loved to camp and do things. Like they camped on their honeymoon. I was like, real? Anyway, so that's, just, that's how much they like camping, okay? They're big campers. And I was like, I know what we'll get them. And we got them this really nice water filter. And a little pack and the way that it would do and, and what it would filter and what it wouldn't filter. Like you could, like, like seriously, mud puddle, drop one end in and like drink out of the other. It's like really, really nice. And so we sent this to them. And Two, three months later, I was like, did they get it? Like, I was so excited. This thing was awesome. I want to know, like, did they use it? Did it work well? Like, the, the gallons per minute were really high. Like, I did a bunch of research on this thing. I was like, this is what I would want to buy myself, but I'll buy it for you. Like, I don't have this. Like, I was so excited about this thing. And I didn't hear anything. And then they were out living in Montana, and we, happened, we were out there around the same time. And so I went over there, and we, we met them. And I was like, they still didn't say anything about the water filter. I'm like, the thing was so nice. I'm like, do they not know how expensive it was? They didn't say thank you. They didn't anything. I'm like, do they know what I went through to get them this? Like, really? This, this, and nothing. Remember, I, I asked Becca, I was like, did, did Molly say anything to you about the water filter? Because Todd didn't say anything to me. It was awesome. And she's like, I, I think they like it. That's how I feel about a silly little water filter that I bought some for, for some friends. How do you think 
Jesus feels. When he, what he did for us to give us the Holy Spirit and we don't use it. Or we act like that's for another group or I don't know about that. You may have heard some weird stories about the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this. People are weird. You ever met a weird person? Raise your hand. Raise it higher if they're right next to you right now. (laughs) People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. And I don't know what may have hesitant for you to take a step or to ask for the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's something you did not know about. You're like that group, like the man that they met along the road where they said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? And you're like, nope. Maybe you were told, well, it was for then and it's not for now. Well, we just read, he says, this is the sign that will accompany those who believe. God's word says it is for today. Maybe it's something that you just haven't really used because you're like, "I, I, I don't understand The Holy Spirit is not weird. And as we look and our mission, we want to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. Here's what I know. You need every, I need every bit of help I can get. And you need every bit you can of God's power, of his anointing and of his help on your life to do and to accomplish all that God has for you. If you have kids, you need this so bad. You need it so, so bad. Every one of us, and it is available to every single one of us. He wants to guide us in truth. Is the Holy Spirit for you? Yes, it is. And the Holy Spirit is not something that's going to come down and going to start controlling you. The whole weird thing. 1 Corinthians 14.32 says this, talking about the Holy Spirit. It says, the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. And it's the same spirit that does all of this. I think there's some people who are afraid, like, oh, if I get filled with the Holy Spirit, if I ask for that, is he going like, to like, like make me go over here? And I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. And then I go over there, like, oh, I don't want to say that. Is he going to grab my tongue and like, start making me say th-? No. No. Um, I, I've seen weird things where people blame it on the Holy Spirit. But again, people are weird. The Holy Spirit isn't. And it says right here that that spirit is subject to us, that it's not going to jump out and make you say something. However, I was sitting there, and I knew I needed to pray about something. I had covered everything that I knew to do. And I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm so thankful. It's like, okay, well, I have a prayer language. Let's begin to do that. And we actually read where it says, here's what it's going to help you do. It's going to help you to pray for things where you don't even know you need to be praying about. But the Holy Spirit is sensitive too, and it's like, this is what's coming, and you need this. It is a tool for every single one of us. It really, really is. And we make those choices. We choose to do that. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. He says, I will also pray with my mind. He says, but I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing with my mind. He says, I will is something that we choose to do. When we ask for the Holy Spirit, God gives them to us. And then we make that choice. We say, okay, God, I have that. I'm going to use the prayer language that you gave me. Nothing comes up and grabs your tongue and starts wiggling it. No turkey calls. None of that. We, we choose. I say that because I want you to understand people 
Because so many times people have an aversion to this because they're like, I've seen something weird and it was blamed, it was said. Understand this, we make that choice. It says that the spirit is subject to the person, that it's not gonna control you, but as we begin to hear God's voice and begin to walk in all that he has for us and we build ourselves up and we build our faith and our spirit man becomes stronger and stronger and we become more sensitive to hearing God's voice. We hear it because we recognize it. It is something that's for every single one of us. And we're going to close out the service in just a few minutes here. And when we do, if you're like, you know, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I've waited long enough, and today I'm going to ask. We'd love to pray for you. We would absolutely love to. We'll do what Paul did, where he laid his hands on you. And our prayer team is going to be down here afterwards. If you're like, I don't know, good. Ask some questions, dig in some more, grab one of these books, go home and read it, do your research and know, and you're like, okay, so that you can know the last thing that I ever want is for you to just do something because I said so, but to know what God's word says and begin to walk in it. But my prayer is that every one of you would be equipped and empowered to be into all that God has for you. And having the Holy Spirit and using that prayer language is such a part of it. It is such a part of it. I can tell you stories of, of missionaries and, and one in particular who his mom woke up and was like, I have to pray. It was like three o'clock in the morning. So she's praying, praying, praying. She prayed for like two hours. She's like, I just knew I needed to do it. And then she says it was done. So she went back to sleep. The next day, she woke up and she called her son and she said, I was praying for you at such and such a time. What happened? And he's like, what time? She said, such and such a time. And he said, okay, we were coming out of a village and we walked around the corner. He says, as we came out, some guys came out with a Jeep and then they were fighting these other cartels that were over here, but we happened to be in between. And he's like, the truck got shot up, but all of us are fine. He's like, that's what was happening at that time. And I just think, I love that. And there's more and more and more stories of that. But I think the most powerful thing is when we build ourselves up and we begin to hear God's voice and we understand his voice and we begin to take steps and he begins to lead us more and more and more. If there's something that you've been waiting for, don't wait any longer. We'd love to pray for you this morning. If it's something that you need more information, please dig in and get more information so that you can be and do all that God has for you. But do not leave something that Jesus paid so much for and was so thought so important for his disciples. He said, don't go anywhere until you have this. Don't leave that lying around. Don't leave that and think, I don't know about that. Don't, don't leave it. Say, God, I want all that you have for me. I want the power. I want your power in me. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. But as I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, the number one thing is these signs will accompany those who believe. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can't have the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you'd blow up or what, but it just doesn't work. He says this signs will accompany those who believe. So if you've never made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to ask him to forgive you of your sins and say, God, I want all you have. I want to be forgiven. I want to be made new. If you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and that if you were to die, that you would go to heaven. If you want that, I'd love the honor of praying with you. So would you guys just, real quick, would everybody just bow their heads and close their eyes? If you're here this morning, you've never made that decision. In Romans, it says this, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross, 
that we will be saved. So if you've never done that before, it doesn't matter what you've done, God knows. That thing that you're hiding, he already knew. But he says, I've made a way for you to be forgiven and set free. So if you'd like that, to walk in the peace that comes only through relationship with him, knowing you're forgiven and begin to walk out the plans and the purpose that he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And he wants to give that to you. But it starts with us saying, God, I need you. If you'd like to declare that with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like to pray with you. So if that's you, then right in your seat in just a moment, we can pray. And when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're forgiven, you're on your way to heaven, and begin to walk in the plans and the purpose that God has for you. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. Say, that's me. Say, I want that this morning. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt where I am with God. And lift that hand all the way up so that I can see it. Not as halfway. All right. Thank you. Who else? Say, I want that. I'm going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt where I stand with God. All right, let's put those hands down. I want everybody in here to repeat after me. And those of you that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make these your own. Say them from your heart. So all together, let's just say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. With all that I am, I will serve you. Thank you for making me new again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.